Hey everybody, welcome back to another spectacular episode. Episode? That was a little English for you. Episode uh, of the Iris Global Green Room podcast. Um, as always, I have a really spectacular guest. Um, you might not know his face, but you should. Uh, you might not even know his name, but you know his work. Uh, we have the amazing uh, Teofilo Hayashi of Dunamis Ministries and Zion Church in Sao Paulo, Brazil. How you doing, Teo? I'm doing awesome, Will. Thanks for having me. It's <laughs> Dude, a pleasure. Thanks for making time for this. You, you guys are going to like hear me refer him to T or Teo. Uh, I call him. I call him both. Uh, we go back years. In fact, I was I was looking through some old uh, photos. I don't know, last week, and I found, I think, the first photo of you and I together. And yeah, uh, that, was, that was epic. Dude, it brought back so many amazing memories. Uh, I, I met Teo, gosh, it's got to be like 12 years ago. I don't know exactly. Yeah, it was 12 years ago. About 12. And uh, we connected on a Global Awakening Randy Clark trip to Brazil, uh, where Teo was translating for Randy. And uh, just because I was with Randy, I got to spend some time with him. We grew in friendship during that time. And all these years later, fast forward 12 years, Teo is, I, I mean, for me, honestly, like I'm not trying to flatter you, buddy. I think he's, he's one of the greatest builders of my generation and our movement and beyond. I think he's one of the most influential voices in Brazil, in Christianity right now. Uh, everything from meeting with the president to packing stadiums full of people uh, hungry for, for not just uh, the word, but hungry for a move of the spirit. And, uh, and I, I've been sitting back on the sidelines watching the favor of God on your life. And uh, it's amazing to know you. It's amazing to, to, to be friends with you and to actually sit back and watch what God has done. Uh, so, so I want all of you guys who are listening just to fully engage, because I think you're going to get something spectacular out of this event. Uh, Teo, uh, for those of you who don't know Dunamis, Dunamis Movement, uh, Dunamis Greenhouse, you know, The Send, uh, all of those things, you're involved in all of them. Give us a little bit of background uh, on who you are and what you do. All right. Well, well, first off, Will, thank you for such an amazing, a generous <laughs> intro, bro. Um, I appreciate our friendship so much. Uh, Will mentioned about a picture. Crazy thing, man. I had a Euro mullet. Remember that? I used to have a mullet. It was kind of like the, the European thing to do. So anyways, I'm not European, but uh, I like uh, European football or soccer, whatever you call it in America. Uh, the real football. But anyways, uh, we had such a blast. Those trips, man, where uh, so much impartation would take place in those meetings, and uh, that impacted my life. Um, I remember you and uh, Randy and Jamie and, and how the Lord used you guys mightily uh, in my nation. I had just moved back from America to Brazil and to see just Holy Spirit touching lives and changing people was so inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really sparked up a hunger in my life. And, um, you know, I, I came back to Brazil right when I, we, we met and uh, it, it's been uh, it's been an awesome ride. It's definitely a huge, huge learning curve. <laughs> um, I look back, and I'm sure young leaders listening and watching us uh, can totally relate. Uh, you look back, and you just don't believe you did. You know, you in in the name of young zeal did so many stupid stuff, but <laughs> it's part of learning and right. uh, maturing. 
So, um, but yeah, that's what we've been up to. So we, I, I moved back to begin this work called Dunamis, which was a vision the Lord had given me, uh, which I actually thought I'd be doing it in America. So I was living in North Carolina at the time uh, at a place where we call it the Research Triangle Park, which is right between Raleigh, Chapel Hill, and Durham. Uh, a lot of universities around there, a lot of young kids just you know, I'd be around them and just seeing everything happening in the night scene. And I'm like, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to hit these people. Just just how it hit me when I was in college. Uh, and um, I was just dreaming about Dunamis in America. And then suddenly the Lord started speaking to me about moving back to Brazil. And initially, my reaction was, why would I want to move back to Brazil when Brazil has mega churches? They right. have so right. many Christians. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, Brazil is not really a mission field the way I thought back then. I thought to myself, Brazil needs to be a missionary sending nation, not a mission field. So uh, I should not move back to Brazil. But the thing is, the Lord started talking to me about transformation. And uh, the, the thing about, and, and you, you know this very, very well, uh, you've been here numerous times, uh, is that it's not because you've got a big quantity of Christians that the country is transformed and is a reflection of the kingdom of God. Uh, we weren't seeing that in Brazil, and I felt the Lord say, why don't you go back and uh, help with the transformation I want to, uh, you know, I want to cause in that nation. I want you to be part of that. So I asked the Lord, what does it look like? And the Lord said, dunamis, this dream you have that you think is for North Carolina is actually for Brazil. So I want you to go back and go reach the university students. And and that's what we did, man. We would go into university campuses. And uh, that's kind of like about the time we met. I would just take out three, four other guys that began Dunamis with me. We pioneered it together. We were, you know, maybe a handful of just passionate people for Jesus, uh, hungry to see uh, the, the what we read in Acts uh, happen in our day to day. And we would walk into campuses uh, do treasure hunts, uh, words of knowledge, prophesy over people. Some of them were even slain in the spirit in the middle of the cafeteria. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, We would just create big confusion and mess and, and just havoc. And then we would preach the gospel, bro. And then we would tell them, oh, we'll be back here next week. And then uh, we'll begin something like a, what we call a Dunamis Pocket, which basically is a campus church. And uh, we have dunamis pockets that uh, all across, you know, the nation, even outside Brazil. But these range from, you know, dunamis pockets from maybe 20 people to 200 people. Right. And so it's basically a church. And uh, we're in 500 universities today. Wow. So uh, it kind of grew, man. And, and uh, it, one thing led to another. So because you had so many young students on fire for the Lord, and a lot of them came from Catholic backgrounds. Uh, most of them did came, come from Catholic backgrounds, or they would say they're Christians, but just nominally. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them agno agnostics and, and, and just atheists, and then come to encounter the palpable touch of the Holy Spirit. You know, just full on what Randy would teach. Right. On, you know, if you're feeling <laughs> fire and <laughs> electricity, and, and they would sense all of that, man, in, in their campuses. And uh, we, we would come back and, you know, do... Uh, get in the ward with them, praise and worship, pray for the sake. And that became kind of like part of their, our routine. Uh, it was never a church, but it would function similar to a church. All these kids would be 
uh, we would encourage them to be plugged into different churches. But then one thing led to another where we had conferences. Right. And then we had, you know, short term training for if they want to, you know, use their summer breaks for mission trips. And then we would train them and send them out on mission trips. Um, and, and then um, now we needed, you know, worship music. So let's open up a worship or a music label. Now we need media. So let's put together a media group. And now we need a publisher to, to publish books and, and feed the movement with literature. So let's do that. And, and of course, social medias, which became something that early on we thought, you know, this is it. We need to jump on. Yeah. And so we really invested on that. So anyways, one led one thing led to another. And now it's become this movement. Uh, and just to kind of finish up real quick, um, seven years ago, I was engaged. No, actually, nine years ago, I was engaged to Junior. And then um, my the church that I grew up. Uh, and uh, approached me and said, you know, we this is the church my mom founded, yeah. and, and they yeah. said we we feel you know it's time for a transition. Your mother has told us she wants to transition. We prayed about it. We feel you need to be the one to pick up the baton. And I'm like, I, I don't want to deal with church. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I remember those. I remember when you were remember having. The, oh, totally. It was a it was a crisis, man. I'm like, you know, I like the church, but I don't like the church. You know, pastor's kid, bro. You grow up. You see a lot of stuff, yeah, and, and and it's you see the the good, the bad, and the ugly. You see everything, and and I'm like, I don't want to put my family through church ministry. It's just, but at the end of the day, man, after seeing all these kids getting saved, healed, delivered, the the they need church to really live out the gospel, bro. And and, and we need to go for healthy churches. And I felt the Lord say, you know, it, this is for you. You need to do that out of obedience right now. You may not feel like you want to, but out of obedience and faithfulness, I want you to. And so I, I prayed, Lord, would you give me the heart for this church and give me the heart for church in general? <laughs> and, uh, bro, believe it, man, I, I, I really felt the Lord impart uh, this heart for the church that uh, today, man, it's one of the things that I'm really, really passionate about, yeah. seeing healthy churches. And so uh, we lead, Junie and I and my wife, we lead the church, which is called Zion. And also the movement, which is dunamis. It's it's there's so much. I, I remember, gosh, I remember, it must have been seven, eight years ago, nine years ago. You're like, Will, every everybody's they're either going after the poor, right? Like missions organizations come here, ministries come, yeah. they're going after the poor, yeah. or they're just going after churches. And mm-hmm. and I remember you saying, like, there is a generation of young, successful, educated people that are just being overlooked. And yep. and I remember you being incredibly intentional on how you yep. on how you met with them, ministered with them. And right now you have a ton of people that have come through your ministry that have been Market trained place, up. Yep. What's that? I said marketplace leaders. Yeah. And they're now the new leaders in Brazil. Um, you got friends now that are senators, you got people that have come through that are literally leading uh, major enterprise in Brazil. You know, yep. as I as I I don't I a lot of my friends that you know we were around they set their vision on just recreating something that, that had already been done and mm-hmm. what i what i just honor so much i think the fruit is evident is you went after something that nobody had done in brazil now for those of you guys in america that are listening to this you're like oh no big deal like you raised the thing no brazil is insanely territorial like mm-hmm. like yeah, in- incredibly territorial and yeah. trying to build any parachurch organization, you immediately get a target 
on your back. Pastors yeah. start talking against you. It, and, and part of that's just Will the old guard. It's the old culture. What's that? I said, I said, Will, you think as a Brazilian more than you realize. Uh, dude. Because you know the lay of the land, bro. When when I heard some of the stuff that you're doing, and I, I was at the, I think I was at the first or second Dunamis conference you guys did yep. in your mom's yep. church um, yep. back in the day. And even then you were like, I don't know, pastors are telling their people not to come to this thing and we just yep. love them. We just want to encourage them. We want them to go back into their churches and to see yep. that heart and how you stuck it through. The fruit now is out of this world. You know, you must pinch yourself. Like, honestly, like, like you have to pinch yourself and just be seeing where you've come, where just uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, the Send came, which you're one of the leaders of the Send with Andy Bird, Ton White, um, and uh, Kulianos, a couple other guys. Yeah. And, and you guys really ran and managed the Send in Brazil, packed mm -hmm. three stadiums. Two were packed full. One was packed, I think, half full. The president yeah. himself attended. Yeah, you know, invited, this, himself. invited himself. Invited himself. Okay, can we can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because we've been getting a lot of, uh, which is natural, I think, comes with a package, a lot of criticism for the president, who's a controversial figure, uh, very conservative. Uh, they they kind of compare him to the Trump of the tropics. Mm -hmm. That's that's his nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least what the American media says. Uh, but anyways, we never invited him. We felt strongly that the Lord told us. Don't invite any uh, political figures because this is going to get political. But, you know, on I was leaving the Brasilia Stadium to get on a plane to fly to Sao Paulo to attend the, the other two stadiums. This is like a 12-hour event happening simultaneous in three stadiums. Um, presently, all three stadiums combined, 150,000 people. And uh, average age, 24. So it's like young kids, Come bro. On. I mean, this is... This is like college kids or young professionals. And we're leaving, and uh, the president calls one of the major pastors in Brazil whom <laughs> I was with as I was leaving. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, hey, I hear you guys are gathering close to my place, which is the National Palace, right? Right. And so the, 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 the stadium the, the, in Brasilia was close to the National Palace. And he says, I, I see that. He said it uh, up. Is it okay if I swing by? I would love to check that check it out. And the I mean, what are you going to tell the president? No, you, you can't. And now that's kind of like a disrespectful thing to do. So we were kind of in a situation where we, you know, really didn't uh, know what to do. And then I said, oh, for sure, it's okay. And so I tell the pastors that are kind of hosting this thing while I'm I'm flying out. The president, security people are going to call you. You got to have to, you know, do all the security, uh, the security detailing. Uh, he wants to attend. He's going to he's going to sit there in one of the tribunes and he's, he's going to attend the, the, the event. Well, uh, it they it takes them three hours to do all the, the security things. So he finally comes. They secure the perimeter of the stadium. He comes into the stadium as he comes into the stadium. Somebody in the crowd and in the, in, in the stands points out that it's him. <laughs> And soon enough, you know, it's kind of like it's spreading across the stadium. Right. I wasn't there, but my guys, my team told me how it was. And and suddenly people are cheering this guy on, man. And uh, he walks out of the stadium to go to the stage and talks to Andre, who you know. Oh, yeah. Not, who was leading the stadium. And he says, can I just ask them for prayer? 
but on the mic. I just want to say something and ask for prayer. And Andres said, yeah, you can. So we took him up to the stage and he asks for prayer and says, I need prayer. I need wisdom. Brazil needs the Lord. And uh, after he says that, they sing the national anthem. And I mean, it was a historic thing, right? So it, it wasn't a political scheme. Right. We've been, right. been kind of uh, accused of trying to mix politics into the send. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it, it really was something that the Lord allowed it to happen. Right. I mean, it, it was right. totally out of our control. But, um, you know, just kind of going back to what you were saying about the leaders this is this is the thing about my friendship with Will that I really appreciate is the fact that we understand our worlds. I understand where Will is coming from and Will understands where I'm coming from. And part of that, too, is the fact that he's married a South American uh, <laughs> lady who's amazing and um, and the fact that he's lived here for a while. And so, um, you know, you know, our reality mm-hmm. for me when I'm when I when I tell people I gave up the American dream to come embrace the kingdom dream in Brazil. Not that the kingdom dream is in Brazil, but in my in my case it was, because that's where my mandate is right now. When I came in, I told people, it's not that I need to be focused. There's just an urgency in the air yeah. that I don't have yeah. another option but to be focused. And so, it, you know, I remember just, you know, walking out of one of our conferences uh, and just Holy Spirit moving, I mean, bodies all over the floor, you know, uh, it, it, people getting healed. I mean, it, it was people getting filled with the Holy Spirit, drunk in the Spirit. Yeah. And I'm, as I'm walking out to with my family, my we just had our firstborn, uh, my wife and my firstborn, I'm putting them in the car. This is probably 1 a.m. And the meeting started at 7 p.m. So, I mean, <laughs> this is quite common sometimes right. in Brazil, right? Right. So it, it just went on. And I told her. I'm going to stick till the end, but you go home. And I prayed real quick, Lord, protect her. And as I as I was praying, I'm worried that she would get home safely from not being held at gunpoint or kidnapped or anything like that. And right there, the Lord spoke to me. He said, it's not enough to slain people in the spirit. Yeah. yeah, You need to transform society. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. We still go for Holy Spirit full totally. on. But what I'm saying is there is an urgency. It's not something that, oh, maybe my grandkids will do. No, no, no. Listen, if I don't do that today, it could ha- it could mean that I don't have grandkids. It right. could mean – you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it, it's one of those things like South America. You just think about South America, how it's been blessed over the last, I don't know, 60 years with so many moves of the spirit. You have Brazil today, but mm-hmm. people will tell you about the Argentina revival. Right. People will tell you about the Colombian revival, right. how things blew up in Colombia and the mega churches. I mean, there, there was a huge move of God with the Peruvian in, indigenous. And I mean, so, so there's so many moves of God in this continent. But but I haven't seen one of these countries transformed. And so the thing is, how do we get a move of the spirit that begins with Holy Spirit fire inside the church, but it goes beyond the four walls into the streets, into society, where we're actually dealing with the eradication of corruption, where we're dealing with no human trafficking, when we're dealing with, you know, a, a just a just society. And so that is our heart, not because we're super righteous, right. not because right. we're super focused, but because we're at the line of fire. Yeah. That's where yeah. we are. 
And because we're in the line of fire, it, it, it's like, you know what? I can't wait for three, four generations of lawmakers to have the kingdom DNA. I got to go for the next one right now. And so what we've been seeing is uh, just going for people that are strategic uh, and, and just saying, listen, you're in a position. It's kind of like the, the, the Esther chapter 4, 14, where Mordecai tells Esther, yep. maybe yep. it was for such a time as this that you're in the king's palace. And so that's kind of been our model as we have talked to people that have the, 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 uh, the platform to make a nationwide change saying, why do you think you were able to study with so-and-so and go to that school and, and grow up with privilege for such a time as this? Yeah. And so yeah. they're really getting meaning out of you know just a message that we're trying to sound, and we're not the only ones. There are a bunch of other people doing it, but we're just so privileged to be part of saying for such a time as this. And so I, I really believe in, in, uh, in transformation. I feel like that's why— we moved back here, and the send was uh, – we, we we joke around. We say we were able to squeeze in the send before the whole world shut down, bro, dude, with COVID. Dude, if you dude, think about it. <laughs> I, I've, I've thought about this a lot. I mean you and I chatted in Orlando, and I don't know yep. if you remember this. There, it was a chaos, but I but I, le- I leant over and said like, yeah, whatever God does here is awesome. But what's going to happen in Brazil is – Oh, the, I, the, send, uh, the send in Orlando. Yeah. I remember chatting with you just being like, I love this. This is great. Yeah. This is historic. But what God's going to yeah. do in Brazil is is out of this world. I knew in my heart of hearts, I know I shared this with people like, that Brazil will be the biggest send. It will be the most impactful send. And it wow. is no surprise that as soon as yeah. within weeks or a month of the send yeah. finishing, the largest call to missions that I've ever heard of. Uh, yep. Well, Lauren, Lauren Cunningham, who was at the send, said, this is the largest one that I've known. I mean, the guy is <laughs> Lauren Cunningham. <laughs> in terms of, like, call of for missions, in mm-hmm. terms of this is the biggest gathering for the Great Commission that I've, I've known. This is what Lauren said, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and it, and it took place. And, and then the, the gov- you know, then the entire world shut down. I don't think it's a coincidence. You know, and no, the, the, re- the reports either. that I get back— uh, I mean, what God's doing in Brasilia, I get reports mm-hmm. from Guga and his team. Like, yep. Even without even asking, people are coming to the Lord in, in droves yep. right now in yep. Brazil. But it's not just about Brazil. I think what God's doing in Brazil is he's... Ugh, maybe where people in the States have missed it, maybe where we've been passive, uh, I think that that zeal, that fire, that power that's, that is just evident in the culture in Brazil. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we At Iris, we have so many Brazilian missionaries. I have an, yep. there's an entire base in, in Mozambique that's just run by Brazilians and they're seeing it. So I'm just saying, and I know you guys are connected with yep. those guys. Yep. They, yep. Yep. They're, they're filling up like gathering halls in Brazil. I'm sorry, in Mozambique with a young generation, yep. they're creating a sound and there's something that you've modeled that, that I never saw. I, I always looked at Mozambique as serving the poorest of the poor, but even in Mozambique, there's a generation as as the nation shifted from that of another faith to a Christian nation that are rising yeah. up. I want to ask you yeah. a couple of things. Um, yeah. So talk to me about transformation really quick. Um, there are some people that go, hey, Jesus never talked about us invading the government, invading you know, media. He just talked about us serving, going low. Jesus never... 
uh, went and spoke to political systems. He talked about them sometimes, but the most, mostly what he went against was uh, the religious mindset. How, how do you balance, like, hey, we, we feel like transformation is the goal, um, and scripturally, in the life of Jesus, he didn't, he, he modeled it, yes, but it wasn't something he preached a lot about. Hey, man, I, you see, well, the thing is, when you look at the Great Commission, right, mm-hmm. and you see Matthew 28 and Mark 16, uh, it's supposed to be the same, it's supposed to be the same um, Great Commission, but they're given different emphasis. And so, to a certain extent, it is the same. But mm-hmm. in Mark 16, he's saying, "Go after people, right? And, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna lay on the lay your hands on the sick, and they will be made well. Uh, you're gonna baptize them, and, and and so it's they're gonna be saved. Uh, you're gonna cast out demons. But at the same time, he's saying, "Go after nations, and I want you to indoctrinate them, right? And so the 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 way that I see it is." There's something about a process, and there's something about an event. Uh, you can you can preach the word, the gospel, in at an event, but you, it'll take you a process uh, to teach. Right. And um, it, it's it's something that I believe the Lord is calling our attention uh, when we see when we see yes we we've seen Brazil and we'll we'll see uh, countries like even Colombia for instance. Uh, or a lot of African nations or even uh, certain nations in Asia where there's a huge uh, quantity of Christians, but the country is not discipled. And when I say country is – so when the Lord says in Matthew 28, make disciples of all nations, Nations. he's talking about the Greek word ethnos, which is culture or people groups, right? And so not necessarily what the UN decides to call as nation, Mm -hmm. but – Hey, it's it's a people group. It's a race. It's it's a region. It's a city. It could be, you know, a, a, an actual nation as well. But when we're looking at that, we're we're saying to disciple some uh, a nation means that all of the spheres of society in that nation are under a heavy influence of kingdom principles. Yeah. And so it just doesn't make sense for you to have a big quantity of Christians if they can't deal with the sin that's surrounding them. Come on. And so when you look at corruption as sin, and so you you, you take go back to John 10 when Jesus says, you know, I, I came uh, the devil came to destroy comes to destroy to kill and to steal. I come to give you life and life in abundance. Uh, if we have life and life in abundance, it, it's automatically you need to do something about the stealing, the destructions and the killings, right? right. And so we, good is it for you to have i mean not that there's no good but there there you could have so much more good come out of you just being saved i so believe in the power of the gospel that i believe the power of the gospel can have can save the human soul but it could also convert systems and it can convert social systems and so i i look at how paul would move around Right. And so you you read in the Church of Acts and how he would move around and he would go into the synagogues. He would preach to his own. He would eventually get kicked out. Right. And then he would go to the business sector and he would go to the business elite and say, hey, listen, let me preach you the gospel. And once they've they he reached the business elite, they would crack open the whole city. And then he would preach and set the church there and would pioneer the church in these cities and move on to another one, and he would do the same. He would go first to the Jew and then to the Greek. 
And so, but when he would go to the Greek or to the Gentile, he would usually go for the influentials, crack open a whole city, plant churches. Yeah. And so I, I see that as a pattern. And I, and I really see, like, although I am not a um, Presbyterian or Reformed or Calvinist, <laughs> you look at John Calvin, yeah. right? The Reformation. That was his model. I mean, and that's what we see today as Western civilization. Western civilization, as we know it, you know, fruit of the, the Protestant Reformation that came out of Europe, you know, the, the as we look at society, you know, it, it's kind of like the five solas of, of the Presbyterians, the, the reform. Everything is for the glory of God. And so whether I work as a blacksmith, that's for the glory of God. Right. And as a farmer, that's for the glory of God. As a clergyman, that's for the glory of God. And so when we start restoring these biblical principles, I really believe that we're going to see, you know, a true revival that culminates in social transformation. Come on. And so and I I feel that today a lot of the western world the conflict is is mainly that. They're they're questioning. We've done conferences, man. We've done, you know, we we do mega events. But hey, what are we going to do about racism? What are we going to do about, you know, uh, a police brutality and I and I know I'm I'm touching you know uh, uh, some some sensitive topics here, but I'm saying uh, that we have a problem. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And that is not just for America, man. This this is like the whole Western world is going through that. I'm I'm actually getting heat after my sermons constantly <laughs> on social media, bro. Come yeah. on. And so, but it's it's a cry of the new generation saying, "All right, what good is it that we have a lot of these." These, uh, um, you know, big gatherings. But if we don't mess with the system and then we go back to, all right, we want to help the poor. We definitely need to help the poor. We definitely need to. But if we don't take care of the system, this is an unending cycle. Yeah. And so I believe and I was talking to Lauren Cunningham when he came out to our farm and he says, you need to take care of the poor. That's a it's biblical. Yeah. So you take take care of the orphan. Take care of the widow. Take care of the poor. But also, he says, do the do work with strategically. So it's it's not a matter of either or. So when I hear people say, hey, I think I should take care of the poor. Do it. I need to take care of the poor. Everybody needs to take care of the poor. Right. But it's not an either or. It's a both hand. Let's take care of the poor. But let's talk and deal with people that could actually have the influence to deal with systemic racism, systemic corruption, systemic injustice. And I think that's what the gospel uh, covers when he says in Mark 16, make disciples of people, and in Matthew 20, make disciples of nations. Yeah. yeah. I love it, man. And and you guys, I, I think it's, what I think I hear you saying, man, is it is not just a, it's not just a singular call. And we need to recognize no. what is on people's lives. If somebody's called into the political sphere, Man, we want to back them just as much as we would back the missionary that is called exactly. to go and serve the poor. And I and I see you guys navigate that really, really beautifully. Uh, I love it. I love it, T. You guys give, and I, I, I I'm gonna just boast on you guys. I'll never forget. I was uh, speaking at your church uh, years ago, a couple years ago, and and I was sitting there waiting to speak, and I grabbed one of like the envelopes, and on the envelope, your giving envelope, listed off. I think it was three or four of our bases. You know, and and that that was a priority. You guys can be given anywhere, even at the last send online send school. You guys raised over a hundred thousand dollars to send out to the poor. I know what you guys do for the poor, and it, 
when I first talked to Heidi about you, because she had heard, but she had never met you, I, I was able to connect the two of you guys. Uh, Heidi's experience in Brazil was one of poverty. It was one of, that is the missions field. We would go, and I did this for years, and you know this, man. We yeah. would go, and, and you, would lose, you would lose finance. You would, you would, it would be your, yeah, you'd be spending all yeah. your money to get down there. I, you know, I've yeah, gotten- It's an investment. Right. Yeah. $3 offerings, yeah. which is fine. We don't do it for the for the money. One of the things yeah. I've noticed that you did is you you were intentional about changing intentional about changing that culture. And sure. uh, and and I, I see it though as you were intentional with focusing on finance, focusing on excellence, focusing on 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 the fullness of the kingdom, not just the fun stuff mm-hmm. where you fall down. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's when the Lord really just put a fast track on yep. on dunamis and what you guys are doing in brazil i i stink and love it man there you were is am i correct you were one of you were putting charisma as one of the top uh, emerging leaders is that is that accurate something like that yeah yeah you should have been number one man uh it, it's it's true so okay so we're running out of time here and we're definitely going to do this again because uh, i want to dial in sure. in the future on a few other things but i only have a few minutes left yeah um what was it like? We had a bunch of conversations in the background uh, leading mm-hmm. up to what was it like standing in 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 Murumbi Stadium in front of yeah. was it 60 70,000 people? The yeah. stadium that you grew up right next door to that you watched yeah. you were you know the greatest stars of Brazil play. What just yeah. what was that moment like? Honestly, bro, uh, <laughs> very surreal. Well, so so you're you're from Massachusetts. Yep. And we talked about this before. It'd be like you preaching to a packed out family park, right? Yeah. And so it th- that's the same thing. Like I grew up my whole life going to soccer games in that stadium. And my dream as any other Brazilian kid is to be a soccer player. <laughs> you know, you come to find out later on in life you're not good enough for that, so you go to <laughs> ministry. So but anyways, the the thing was looking at people and them hearing so so this is a crazy thing. This is crazy. In the middle of the day, before I got up to speak, um, I recorded a video of people worshiping Jesus in a packed out Monobie Stadium. There was this guy, and his um, I'll just mention his name because uh, this is uh, this is actually very good. His name is Lucas Moda, and he was Braz- uh, so he was a Brazil national team star, played for São Paulo Football Club, one of the best uh, soccer players. Uh, went on to play for Paris uh, Paris Saint Germain, and later now is in Tottenham in uh, London playing for for the for the Spurs Tottenham Spurs. Mm-hmm. So he's a soccer star, right? Mm-hmm. But we were we connected over social media, and so this guy would send me stuff. I would say say hello, and well, he was watching me as I was posting videos of the Modum B Stadium packed out, and this guy's a full on believer. Now, he's played their numerous epic games, right? right? And this is what he told me. He says, to hear Morumbi packed out, singing the name of Jesus, beats any emotion I've ever lived in that pitch. <laughs> so for me to hear that from, like, right, right. my superstars, you know? <laughs> right. Like, me as a, as a soccer fan, hearing that from this guy who's a Sao Paulo superstar. So for me, it was like I had that moment before I grabbed the mic, to be honest. Because I'm like, I can't believe I'm actually, you know, seeing this stadium packed out with people worshiping Jesus. Because yeah. my mom would say that kind of stuff. So right. I grew up with a, an amazing woman of God, right? That raised She's me up. She's amazing. My 
And she would tell me, one day they're going to worship Jesus in the Modem B Stadium. And I'm thinking, you know, my mom is so God-fearing, woman of prayer. Yeah. I'm thinking, that's awesome, mom. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's just your, you know, your very right. righteous, you know, just, just, you're just so, so godly. I'm not that godly to really see how that would ever happen. But I'm like, it actually is happening. So it's very surreal. But I'll tell you, the crazy thing about it is once I grabbed the mic, I, it, I just kind of went into a zone. It was like I was preaching in my own church. Yeah. And I'm like, Lord, just, I'm just going to go for it, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like it, at the same time, you're like big. Oh, you preach to, to numerous multitudes. But I mean, you know, like it's like, you know, there's a huge crowd in front of you. But at the same time, you feel you feel the Lord so close to you. It feels like it's just you and him. Yeah. And, and then when you step out of the, that environment or that experience, you're like, wow, this is so surreal. Did that really happen? And you got to go see the videos because you don't remember anything. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I was blessed to, to stand there on the side and, uh, off stage and watch you. I, I crept out onto the stage a couple of times. Uh, but just watching yeah. you was it, like I, I felt so overwhelmed to enter into that moment with you. You could see it. And uh, to to go from and if you guys want to check out the photo on my Instagram, you just it's one of the recent ones uh, to 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 stand next to you in some little church in the middle of nowhere, Brazil, yeah. to watch you take the stage in front of I don't know the largest missional calling by Lauren Cunningham himself. Uh, yep. if, for those of you who don't know who Lauren is, it's he, Lauren started YWAM. Uh, yep. You know to see that transformation in a ten year time, twelve year time. Uh, it was it was beautiful. I cried all day long. I worshipped yeah, all day long, and cool. uh, be, being a part of that historic moment was one of the greatest honors of my life. And uh, to to be able to know you, call you friend, and uh, oh, and okay. and been running with you all those years, man. I I stink and loved it. I came back home and I told my wife. I I said this was one of the highlights of my life. Twenty years of ministry, being there in Brazil with with the leaders of the faith. Um, crying out, but 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 not just following the leaders, seeing the the rising next generation of of leaders, young leaders step up and mm-hmm. take that role was uh, was historic, and I'm I'm just so grateful for it. T, listen, we are out of time, but here's the deal: we're going to get you on again. Um, if people want to get in touch, find out more information, you guys have schools, you guys have events, you have conferences, you have online schools, you have. You have more than most. How can they find out that information? Uh, just follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, that's the easiest way to go. Uh, social media at Dunamis Movement or my own personal one, which is at Teo Hayashi, T-E-O-H-A-Y-A-S-H-I uh, or at Dunamis with an I, D-U-N-A-M-I-S Movement. We're there. Be Come awesome on. to have anybody out from the nations. <laughs> and a day hasn't gone by since you released your album, the Send album. Uh, a day hasn't gone by since I came out where I where I haven't listened to it. And really? I just oh, dude, honestly, I, it's spectacular. I'm biased. I'm very biased, but I think it's 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 something special right there. It it really is. You captured the sound of of what was taking place. And uh, so check that out. They're on Spotify. They're on all the things that, that people can be on. They're all on. Platform. Yeah. Yeah. Every platform. So um, anything else, T? Do you have anything else coming up in the no, near bro, future? I just want to say it's such an honor to be here, Will. I so appreciate our friendship. And, uh, to, you know, it, it's rare 
I was actually talking to uh, talking to one of our mutual friends um, about this. It's 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 rare that you get to uh, uh, go for so long in ministry with certain people. Yeah. And we've been going, you know, twelve years. Uh, we've seen a lot of casualties along the way, yeah. but by the grace of God, <laughs> we're there, bro. And we, yeah. I want to keep going. So yeah. I so appreciate our friendship. You super encouraged me, inspire me, and, and this is awesome. You're so generous with uh, your connections, just uh, the way you serve. So it, it just teaches us a lot. You are, you know, I know you know this, but here at Dunamis, here in Brazil, you're just part of the crew, bro. Yeah. You're just family. People love you. And when I tell people we got a guest in the house, Will Hart, they're like, he's not a guest. <laughs> he's yeah. he's part of the family. So, Come on, man. I love <laughs> that. Love you, Will. I love that. Listen, say hi to your wife for me. Say hi to your mom for me. I will never forget eating sushi in her house with her little dogs running around. Yeah. Hey, and I'm going to make it out there soon as soon as this COVID thing is done. Dude, I'm looking at tickets to Brazil right now. They're super duper cheap. So you might see me before before anything else. Come on. Okay. Come on out. out. Well, listen, love you guys. Thank you, T. Listen, all of you who are watching, if you didn't like this, you got something wrong with your heart. Uh, this is amazing. Like, subscribe, check it out, share this, and realize that God's doing more than just what we see uh, on our Instagram and on our Facebook in America. He is doing stuff in the nations, and I think it's time that America begins to actually look to other nations and watch what he's doing, uh, because he's doing the things that we've been crying out for. He's been doing it for years around the globe. So check it out, and uh, check out Check out T. T, thank you so much. And we're going to get you you. back on. Love you, man. And we will catch you guys on the next Irish Global Green Room. Bless you, T. Bless you, Will.